a woman who has taken the reins of several male-owned companies in Germany. You'll meet that amazing woman next. Tell me, boy, you make me so bored. You need to walk the other way. I tell you once more. Welcome back to Women Leading in Cannabis, where we go deep and get real with the pioneering women shaping today's cannabis industry. You can find us on the PodConnects networks on iTunes, Spotify, and Pandora. And if you like what you hear, subscribe to Women Leading in Cannabis. I'm your host, Kira Reed. I'm here today with Anna Kuperanis, co-founder of German cannabis holding company, Bloomwell Group. Welcome to the show, Anna. Hi, Kara. Thanks for having me. Anna is the owner of Algia Care, Europe's leading cannabis telemedicine company. Over the past year, Anna has spearheaded initiatives to grow Bloomwell rapidly to almost 200 employees and has led the company to record-breaking revenues. Anna has been one of the few top-level female executives who've taken the reins of several companies in the male-dominated and highly regulated European medical cannabis market. In October 2019, she was the first woman in Germany to found a licensed wholesaler for medical cannabis. Anna still manages the company and operates as their CEO, in addition to co-founding Bloomwell in 2020. Wow, Anna, I cannot wait to dig in and hear your story. (laughs) But let's get started with how you got started in the cannabis industry in the EU. It is not a cannabis-friendly environment, and you are taking the reins of several companies How did this all start? Yes, so actually, um, my brother and I, or my family, has links to California. So um, my mom is actually American. We have family in uh, San Diego. And so as as children and young adults, we always uh, obviously had vacation uh, time there. And uh, we got to know the the legal market there, and we saw what's happening in, in California. And this really brought us um, to, to the market and brought us to think about what would happen if that or something like that, like a medical market, would be possible in, uh, in Germany, in our country. Um, and so in 2017, actually, uh, exactly this happened. Um, so my brother was the first one uh, to go into the industry in 2017. I was still a student. And um, then in 2018, he founded his first company in the medical space. And he, um, he also chose me as his first employee in this company. And this is how I got to get into the field of cannabis. Um, and then in 2019, as you mentioned, I, I founded my own company because after being there uh, at this company and getting to know the market, really uh, teaching myself about the regulations. Uh, It's not a very easy um, subject to actually start after you finish your studies and you go from the theoretical part to the practical part. Um, But I I figured out after after that year, I really want to be in this industry. And this is where I I, I am passionate about. And um, these challenges that are facing me on a daily basis are exactly what, what drives me every day. And what is it like in Europe for cannabis companies? 
What it would give us kind of the lay of the land of the EU when it comes to cannabis right now? Yes, I think for Europe in general, we cannot really find one answer because we have many different countries in Europe and every country is regulating the market differently. So Germany is by far the most developed uh, medical cannabis market in Europe. Um, and then we have a few other countries like um, Denmark, the UK, Portugal is a very big market for the supply of medical cannabis. So again, the landscapes always changes in terms of is the market or is the country more towards supplying medical cannabis or is it more a country that, ex that actually favors the distribution of medical cannabis? So Germany was uh, for a very long time a country where distribution was uh, in favor but not actually growing the cannabis, but that changed, um, yeah, that changed uh, a while ago. But Portugal, for example, is a country where growing is super, um, super in favor also by the government. And we have many companies now in Portugal that grow medical cannabis, but um, on the other side, the distribution market is very, very small, if nearly non-existent, because doctors are not really open to prescribe medical cannabis. So it's always um, a different landscape for each country. Some countries do not legalize the medical, either growth or distribution. So you always have to check with the country itself. So what is it like being a woman in the cannabis market? And, you know, there's the perspective of the EU, but then there's also the perspective of Germany. And I want to give a shout out to my friend and activist Lisa Hogg in Germany, who is always advocating for women there. So I've heard a little bit about what's going on, but I'm, I'm curious for the audience, is Germany, are they more or less progressive when it comes to things like women's equality than other countries in the EU? And how is that impacting you working in the cannabis industry? I think it also depends in what industry you are in Germany. So for example, the industry I am in, it's the pharmaceutical industry. No matter if we work with cannabis, it's still a pharmaceutical industry. And uh, this industry is very conservative and has been very con conservative for a very long time. So um, the, the percentage of... Uh, of males and older males in that uh, industry is quite high, uh, which which is why uh, the beginning for me of being an only founder of, of Ilios Sante, the wholesaler that I founded in 2019 um, without anyone else was was quite hard for me in the beginning to actually um, yeah, talk to talk to potential partners in the market and also to um, impress them about my ideas, what I have in mind for for my company. And they always kept on asking, but who is the actual owner of the company? I mean, I know you're the, the you're the CEO, the managing director, and I've told them several times that I am actually the founder, but um, they never really seem to understand that there's no one else but me. <laughs> So um, that, that has been my first few months, I guess, in the industry. But this is also the point where I understood, okay, I can actually use that, um, this, this, questionable, um, um, this questionable mindset about a, a woman being the only founder and being a managing director of a company to my advantage and actually build very strong partnerships with companies that do want to help me and that really saw a big um, potential in, in myself and in the industry. And this is where I really uh, connected with a lot of very good people and good companies to to support Iliosante. Where do you find it in yourself to keep going when you get that kind of it, it's like it's not even rejection. It's just like this complete dismissal of who you are and what you've accomplished because you come packaged in a woman's body. 
how have you kept going through that? How have you get up every day and continue doing what you're doing and fighting for the ability to, to um, pioneer in the cannabis industry under such hostility? I think this is a mindset we have in our family from uh, way back, so from generations in, uh, because we do uh, we, we are both from both sides, so both my, uh, my dad's side and my mom's side are actually immigrants to the, to the German country, um, and therefore um, they always had the mindset of, you know, making it on their own, um, never giving up, always uh, going for the next step, no matter how hard it is. So this is kind of um, how we were raised by our parents and how we also tackle life, and I guess um, this, this really brought me to this mindset and actually even gives me energy. If someone says no to me, um, I, I, I check several times how I can make this a yes and not giving up. So knowing what you've had to encounter, what you've had to deal with just to be seen as the CEO and founder of your company, how does that impact your leadership and how are you building your company culture to ensure that it is an equitable and inclusive company for women and people of color? For me, um, when I when I go through the hiring process, for example, um, I I don't really look at genders. Obviously, I don't look at uh, names, heritages, because I also come from a from a different heritage heritage than a German one. So um, for me, really, what matters is the quality of either your education or your professional work. Um, this is the only uh, scale where I, I look at for, for new hires. And I think this is also what, what other companies should definitely focus on. Um, also, Algia Care, actually, our telemedicine platform company, um, has more than 60% women, actually, in the company, which is quite crazy. If you wow. think of a, a cannabis um, cannabis-focused business, you would always think that actually it would be more male-dominant, but uh, Algia Care has, has more than 60% women. And also, Elio Santé is still led by, by a woman, and we also have a 50-50 have a rate of um, actually women and, and male and female uh, uh, employees. That's incredible. Do you have any statistics on what it looks like for women in Germany and or EU in the cannabis industry? I mean, is it 20%? Do you have any um, insight into the number of CEOs or women in the C-suite or women owners? Do we have any visibility on that right now? I couldn't tell you a percentage or a number, but uh, my gut feeling tells me that there probably will be a handful of female CEOs and actually sole female founders in the cannabis uh, industry without having a male partner. That's only me as far as I know. Wow. That is really impressive, Anna. My hat is off to you in that kind of environment to do what you've done. So let's talk about what, What's happening in cannabis right now in the EU and Germany in terms of where it's going, medical versus adult use? Tell us, kind of give us the landscape right now from a bird's eye view and tell us where this is going over the next few years in Germany and in the EU, cannabis medical and cannabis adult use. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Germany, I think right now, as you probably all have heard, is, um, is beginning to start the process of legalizing uh, cannabis away from medical cannabis and to the actual recreational uh, market of cannabis. And that, of course, is a huge, uh, huge news for us as being a company in the German landscape, but also a huge news for um, every European country. And 
and also companies that work in the cannabis field in Europe, because uh, what we believe is that actually Germany will be a uh, role model and when it comes to actually uh, creating the the next few steps um, to the towards towards the legal legal market in uh, in Europe, and uh, we believe that definitely uh, European countries and European regulatory bodies will take this as an example to also uh, implement a legal market in their countries. Um, but if if we actually look at other legal markets right now in 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 entire in the entire world, we have for example Canada and Uruguay and uh, different states in in the US, uh, we, we see that a lot of things worked well, but we also see that a lot of things did not go so well. So we believe that Germany definitely has to learn from these examples and learn from the mistakes and also the, the good things that happened and also um, implement this in when it comes to creating the, creating the, um, the law that will be passed, we hope in 2024, 2025. Um, we still think it will take quite a long time for, for the law to be written um, because there are some um, legal legal processes that Germany will have to undertake. So, uh, for example, there is the UN Single Convention um, where it says that actually um, cannabis cannot be legalized and therefore Germany will probably have to leave the convention and then rejoin and there's only uh, a certain period of time where that is possible. And um, therefore we believe they will actually do that Canada and Uruguay did not do that. They just ignored the international law. But uh, we believe Germany will not do that. And they will also follow the example that uh, what Bolivia, for example, has done when they legalized the coca plant in 2011. They actually also left the convention and rejoined. That's an interesting way to deal with that. Definitely. I mean, legaliz legalization, what, what you read on the, he the headlines definitely uh, sounds super optimistic and it sounds like maybe next Monday we will have the legalization <laughs> in Germany but unfortunately um, the laws are not written that quickly and also the steps to writing a laws uh, writing laws are not that quickly um, and therefore we believe uh, definitely a lot of steps have to be taken also the the German regulatory bodies will have to work uh, together with our our industry experts um, and also pharmacies and they all have to bring these stakeholders to one table and actually talk about how we can make this uh, legalization work and how we can make it successful. Because um, I don't think, or we don't think that a legal market only is, is the final goal, but also how it is legalized is very, very important to um, make, make the consumers and make the, make the state happy. What is the general sentiment in Germany around cannabis? Is it largely in favor, largely against, okay with medical, but not rec? What's the temperature of the German people right now when it comes to cannabis? We see that more and more the society is actually uh, opening up towards the topic of, of cannabis in general, not just medical, but also um, the legal recreational uh, cannabis. So we definitely see that there's a shift in the society um, and uh, we, we see that as a as a great uh, input for us and as a great input for the future. Um, so definitely it has shifted from, let's say, five years ago to now. It's a huge difference. Five years ago, when the medical market actually became legal, um, nearly no one actually knew about the benefits of the plant. Everyone was still thinking about it as the typical, you know, drug, the, the negative connotation of a drug. And um, therefore, this this has been a huge a huge impact uh, as of now because also politicians talk about it in a 
positive way um, right now for the first time, actually. Um, so we definitely see a big change. And so do you think that it's happened because of advocacy and education or are there other factors at play that have suddenly put you Germany in a position where there's an openness to it? I think it's it's both the advocacy and the educational part of it. Also learning from the medical market and seeing how how big of an industry this can be. And also from an economic perspective, obviously for the state, it's not the not the baddest idea to have a legal market in 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 Germany. It will also give a huge uh, income in terms of taxes to to the to the state. Uh, they're also talking about how the prices will be uh, how how the prices will be taxed. And there again, you have a lot of uh, ways to either make it a good legalization or make it a bad legalization. For example, again, taking into account what happened in California where you have a lot of taxes in every value chain, basically, where product is, is pushed through. And um, therefore, the prices are so high that, um, yeah, the, the consumers are not really interested in the legal product. They either still want the medical product or, which is even worse, they're buying it in the illicit market. And this is exactly what we do not want for Germany. So um, obviously, the state will have to make money, um, but we will have to take into account that, uh, too much, too much taxes will actually push the consumer again to the illicit market, and uh, this is actually what the government wants to fight. Obviously, well, fortunately, you have states like California where you can learn huge lessons in how not to do things, right? <laughs> exactly. But I mean, also, California has been actually the first state in the U.S. to to go that route. So obviously, um, always the first, the first one to make the move is always going to make mistakes. Um, so uh, I guess un un unless they don't learn from their mistakes, it, it is okay to make mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, speaking of mistakes, Germany has the ability to look at not just the U.S. as a whole, but each individual state and how they're dealing with their new laws. So what is that doing in, for Germany in terms of things like social equity, in terms of equality, in terms of expungement of records and decarceration of, of people who are in there because they're related to marijuana crimes. There are a lot of other issues that have to be taken into consideration. I mean, taxes is, of course, number one, but there's a long list of other things that have to be put in place to really protect your industry. What's being done? Where are you looking to for advice and, and guidance on how to make those right decisions? And do you feel like Germany is on the right track with a lot of those? I think uh, as of now, the government hasn't really thought of these points yet, or at least if they have thought about it, they did not communicate this because any, everything that has been communicated is, pro is basically like two sentences of, yes, we want to have a legal market and yes, we will have kind of dispensaries. Um, but these dispensaries are also not uh, defined if it's going to be linked to a pharmacy, if it will not be linked to a pharmacy, um, what licenses you will have to get and what agency will be uh, giving out those licenses. So you basically don't know a lot about the legal market. Um, so I think in terms of what the government really will do, it's too early to talk about it. Um, but obviously, we can again look um, at, at some states in the U.S., that actually have tackled this problem and actually said that um, that everyone who is in, in prison or has been um, has been charged with with a felony connected to to cannabis um, is no longer a felon, um, but but is, is so the the people that had a felony connected to cannabis um, are expunged. 
when Canada went rec legal, adult use legal, they were flower only. And it took a long time for uh, concentrates, topicals, uh, and edibles to enter the market. Do you see Germany going that kind of route, kind of releasing flour, seeing how it does in the market? Or do you see them building the industry all at once with all verticals and welcoming different kinds of products and and makers into the system at one time? Or is there going to be a slow rollout? I believe that actually it would be um, both extracts and flowers because as we see in the medical market now, um, actually doctors are more and more... Uh, favoring the extracts because in terms of the um, prescription and in terms of the therapy, it's just uh, a better way for the patient to use cannabis. So I believe that uh, the German uh, regulatory body will also take that into account. But what could happen and what will potentially will happen is that there's going to be a maximum THC level of legal cannabis um, let's say to 20% and everything above that will be a medical market. Um, this also happened in, in the US and several states. Um, so we believe that that will also happen in Germany. Um, but again, it's just it, not, nothing is written down. It's just a speculation that we have. How did COVID impact the cannabis industry and the women working in it? You know, in the United States, what we saw was uh, cannabis became an essential service. And then watching those tax dollars roll in, neighboring states or neighboring jurisdictions in a legal state who had not yet accepted cannabis within their um, jurisdiction said, okay, we're going to change our minds now. And we saw a dramatic increase in the willingness to legalize cannabis either locally or in new states. How did that impact? How did cannabis or COVID impact cannabis in Germany and in the EU? And, you know, here we know that women really lost a foothold in the workforce during COVID. What was that experience for women in Germany and the EU? I think especially for us being a company that has been founded in the beginning of the COVID pandemic in Germany in June 2020, uh, we have actually founded the company from home office. So all of our new employees were onboarded uh, through home office. And actually that also brought us to the idea of making IGIA Care a telemedicine platform. So before that, we were th- just thinking about um, normal practitioners where doctors would work and would prescribe medical cannabis. Um, but then again, having having the COVID pandemic and also some law changes in Germany in terms of being able to digitally prescribe um, products, we we thought that would be a great angle to actually implement that new switch that in Germany happened for for the digital prescription um, to to into our business model. So this is actually how the entire business model of Algia Care happened, and uh, we had this 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 idea of taking a digital through through the COVID pandemic. So for us, that was a that was a huge impact that we had for our business model. In terms of the German German country itself and the different industry, obviously um, Germany has taken a huge hit also from the from the Corona pandemic. Um, but um, a lot of a lot of the, the the companies have taken their their daily work to home office as well. So um, actually, still now, um, although we don't have the law anymore to work from home, I think there has been a huge. Uh, impact into the, the daily work and the daily life of an employee in Germany, I think also worldwide. Um, it is shifting the way we work. It is changing the way also uh, companies deal with home office. So before that, Germany was one of the countries that actually 
um, did not or was not in favor of home office. So many big corporations actually did not want their uh, employees to work from home. But now that definitely changed and uh, we have quite a lot of, of the percentages of, of the, um, the companies that were in favor that um, implemented the home office due to the corona pandemic still have it and they are actually thinking of actually keeping it for, for a longer period of time, maybe even for, for the rest of, of the days. Um, so that changed definitely the, the way and the infrastructure, um, how German employees are working. And um, in terms of, of the female Im uh, impact that uh, Corona had in Germany, um, I don't believe that was a there was an impact for uh, a specific gender. I think it was just an overall impact uh, of the of the way we work. Interesting. Okay, so let's talk about 2022. What are you excited about for Bloomwell, and what are you excited about coming up in the cannabis industry this year? So 2024 is obviously going to be a huge year for us when we take into the account the development of the legal market. So if our projections are correct, by 2024, we will have a legal market in, in Germany. And obviously, that would be uh, a game changer for not just Germany, but for uh, the entire world and also especially for Europe. Um, but also for the US, um, obviously, right now, because um, cannabis is not federally legal, um, exports will not be allowed. But um, if by then the USA decides that uh, federally uh, cannabis will be allowed or will find a way to, um, to have some states actually export um, cannabis to Germany, uh, Germany will, will, will be a huge market for, for cannabis. So actually the exports the, the experts are projecting 400 tons annually of cannabis for the for the legal market in Germany. And uh, obviously, it will not be possible to cultivate that much in Germany. So we will be we will need uh, Im imports to actually uh, supply the the big demand that is actually um, that is projected. So um for example, looking into to California, Oregon, um, all these these states that actually have so much cannabis right now, they don't even know where to put it because um, they cannot export even to different states. That would be a very interesting target for us to to get high quality product from also a market where where growing has been a tradition for so long. Um, so we believe it will shift not just the European landscape but the landscape of the entire world. Wow, I just can't imagine Germany being federally legal before the U.S. Yeah, could could happen. Could happen. <laughs> it could happen. It, I mean, Uruguay became legal before the U.S., but uh, that's that's really very exciting. Yeah, but again, it, it all depends on how it will it will be legalized. So um, we hope that Germany will take all the right steps and will listen to the industry experts um, that that will, will give them all the guidance that they need. And if they implement the legalization the right way, Germany will be a benchmark and a, a blueprint for all other European countries and also globally to, to implement a legal market in the right way. What are you excited about for Bloomwell this year? Bloomwell is also tar targeting a lot of new projects. Actually, we, we founded a new company that I cannot disclose too much about right now, but uh, we have a lot of new projects coming. Um, also, the other uh, daughter companies that we have, so Ilio Santi and Agia Care, 
we are growing a lot. So in the beginning, you said something about 200 employees. Right now, we are 240. So um, again, from the time we gave you the info to now, we have grown a lot again. Um, we are still working on actually making medical cannabis more accessible in Germany. Um, as you mentioned, IGI Care is a telemedicine platform for prescriptions. Um, we have more than 80 doctors uh, right now working under the umbrella of IGI Care. And the reason why we founded that is because in Germany, there's still less than 2% of the entire doctors in Germany are prescribing or at least have prescribed once medical cannabis. So um, still there is a lot that has to be done in the market. And I think we can also learn from the medical market. It's been five years. And uh, if we look at all the development that, that has happened from five years to now, um, it's, it's not much. So the market is still very, very, very uh, underdeveloped in terms of accessibility. And um, a lot of the com uh, companies have actually focused on the supply side of the market. So um, we do have a lot of product right now in the market. But if you look at the, um, if you look at the numbers, we actually have too much product in the market. So this is also now shifting from having no supply in the beginning to having oversupply right now. So what we will have to do is we have to develop the market further to actually um, be able to make medical cannabis as a therapy more accessible for both patients and for doctors. So we are also taking into account to talk to the insurance companies to also understand a bit better how, how they will be able to um, also cover more of the, of the costs and also be more um, in favor of the reimbursement plans for medical cannabis and what we can do as a, as a group because our, our strategy is to be as vertically integrated in the medical cannabis field as possible. And we believe that that will be a huge insight for the insurance companies as well. That's interesting. You know, in California, our medical market all but disappeared <laughs> uh, once adult use came in. It will be very interesting to see how Germany straddles both industries. Yes. I mean, in, 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 if you look at Canada, pretty much the medical market has stagnated. So it didn't really grow a lot further, but it is still existent. Um, but again, it also depends on how high the THC levels will be, what the pricing will be, what will happen with the reimbursement plans. If, if the insurance companies will open up and will reimburse most of the, the cannabis therapies, then there will be no reason why uh, patients should not be patients anymore and actually pay for, uh, for the medical product. So um, there will be a lot of um, key factors that will decide on whether the legalization will be successful or not. So I really want to acknowledge what an incredible thing you have been able to build that in an environment like this, you've added 40 new staff in a short period of time. I mean, that is no small feat. And as a woman at the top of her game, as one of the very few women in Germany, I am I am absolutely in awe of what you've been able to do. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Where can women reach you who want to know more about you and Bloomwell? So if you just go on our website uh, of, of the Bloomwell Group, you will you'll find a lot of information on, on us and also on our daughter companies. So um, either if you are interested in the wholesaler side and the medical side of the business, then you would uh, want to hit the Ilio Sante button. If you're more into the doctor perspective and you actually want to learn more on the therapy, more on the on the product itself, 
and on symptoms and uh, diagnosis that uh, would actually make it possible to to treat medical cannabis, then you would want to hit the LGA care button. And if you're more interested into the uh, the, the overall strategy of our group, then uh, Bloomberg Group uh, website is the place to be. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Anna, for your time and for sharing your journey with us today. It has been really great getting to know you. Thank you very much. And thanks for inviting me. Ladies, thank you for tuning in. If you haven't yet joined the Women Employed in Cannabis community, go to weicwomen.com. There you'll find all the details on membership for women working in cannabis. WEIC is a community that provides networking, mentoring, and support to women working in cannabis in the U.S., Canada, and around the world where there's an interest in cannabis legalization, like Germany. We welcome women who are currently working in cannabis or curious about taking a leap into the industry. Consider becoming a WEIC woman member or WEIC business member for benefits and access across the network. And join us again for another conversation with women leading in cannabis. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast. If you're looking for ways to utilize cannabis to keep you healthy, strong, and sharp, come join us every Wednesday where we dive into the best ways to use cannabis to optimize your life. Topics include cannabis and athletics, cannabis for productivity, cannabis for anxiety, cannabis for a healthy immune system, and so much more. If you're a curious connoisseur, this show is for you. So please head over to our page and we're looking forward to seeing you this week. Bye.